0: Hey everyone welcome to disrupting our practice i'm shannon patterson
1: and i'm greg flynn this podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants facilitators coaches and trainers
0: this is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism oppression and harm And it's all in service to being able to co create a culture of equity, justice, and healing so we live in a world that truly works for everyone.
1: Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice.
0: Hey, Greg. Hey, Shannon. Nice to see you in this virtual world.
1: Likewise, yeah. Very good to see you as well. Feels like it's been a minute.
0: It has been a minute. I uh, feel like we've been getting some good things going and thoughts together for the Disrupting Our Practice program, which brings us to today's topic, which is
1: yes, talking
0: is. more about that, what it is, what it isn't.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'd love to to explore that a little bit and just kind of share what's on our mind there. Um, sounds good. But we should probably check in, right? Otherwise, people won't be able to know how to orient to our podcast. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they have the capacity to figure that out, but it's always nice to check in. I can start. It's true. Um, Yeah, it feels like it's already the middle of the week, I think because I worked some yesterday, Sunday, and also got up really early today, and I started by watering a bunch of plants because it's warm here in Seattle, and it was just Mm. such a lovely way to start the day. Like I get frustrated, you know, because Jonathan doesn't, have a hose i have to fill up the watering can from the rain barrel you know patience is not my strong suit but then it it makes me slow down and just stand there um so that really filled me up today for for just Mm. being in my day and i don't know it's felt different since then Mm. so i'm feeling sleepy but also like good capacity in Mm. terms of feeling ground and yeah i don't know like Content, so,
1: hmm.
0: yeah, that's me. I'm curious how you are.
1: Beautiful, thanks, Shannon. It's funny, like I actually elect to water our garden with a can. We have ah. a right there, but it's like there's something about spending a few, like spending some time with each plant that I feel is a, um, it, yeah, it's just a rewarding and nourishing part of, of gardening. So, um, glad you get to experience that today.
0: Yeah. Yes, I do. I, that's what I do all summer long. Uh, and I yeah. start out in the same thing. It's like, God darn it. Just get a hose. And then I'm like, no, this is much
1: better. <laughs> all right, yeah, That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm coming in. I'm feeling good. I'm, uh, it's been one of those mornings where there's, numerous, numerous things that I'm working on. And I've been kind of like in each one of them all day long, like kind mm. of back and forth a little bit, working on a project, working, you know, having a planning meeting for a meeting that the client meeting tomorrow, and then, um, doing some writing and trying to get a newsletter out and, Whew. you know, planning for a facilitation tonight and a facilitation tomorrow. So it's just a kind of like, you know, I, in the, in the handful of hours that I've been working that for today, um, it's, I've been, had my, f- my fingers in probably the whole pie of, <laughs> of what I'm working on. It sounds
0: on like it yeah, each slice. <laughs> You've taken a bite of each yeah, slice.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm. But it's actually like um it's actually been really fun and and you know, I'm excited about a number of things and uh yeah, a lot, a lot moving and feeling good about it. And uh yeah, so that's me showing up clear and mm. excited and Ready to to dive in a little bit and talk about this this program. It's funny because it's like the program was the impetus for the podcast, right? And now it's like it's coming back full circle in some ways.
0: Yeah, it is coming back full circle, which is really exciting. Um, I guess just to, for those that are listening, we have a disrupting our practice program that's starting in September on September eleventh, I believe, for nine weeks. Yep. Um 10 weeks, because we're taking a week off. Um, I don't know how you count that. That's some weird math I got going on there. But what else is new? Uh, um, So, you know, if you're a white identified consultant, facilitator, coach, trainer, leader, you know, anyone who's formally or informally holding space, which is tends to be us white bodied folks, a lot of the time, you know, this is an opportunity to look at how whiteness moves through you and lives in you. And, you know, how you can disrupt that in yourself. And then therefore in your, and how you're moving through your work and everything from how you're facilitating to designing your meetings to just how you're being in the room. Um, So that's what we're talking about today is what the program is and what the program isn't. Yes. So, oh, and we have free workshops. I guess I would mention that. Like, if you want to check out like who are we and how do we work and what do we mean? Come take a little taster on August 1st or August 8th
1: too. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that links to all this stuff is in the show notes. And um, the, you know, the idea behind the, the free workshops is to give a, not just uh, some of the content, which we'll t- t- touch a little bit, but really the experience of what it's like to be in the workshop. So you get a little bit of actual taste of the thing because it's not actually and this is something we should talk about right like right. when we say workshop i think a lot of times or even program you know like you know which could be interpreted as training right um, a lot of times it it will probably be heard through you know what, what most of us are familiar with right some kind of a content delivery system <laughs> that's like <laughs> you know Here's, here's a here's some information that you can then take in and uh, process and and incorporate into your work. and there's there's an element of that into into what we're doing here that is that but in some right. ways we could say because it's called the, the program itself, the fall program is called disrupting our practice, understanding whiteness right And you know I, I would say about this one, what I've said in the past about the, the, the understanding whiteness program that I've done for men for the last few years, which is it is about understanding but but not necessarily cognitively because right. cognitive understanding is the the go to you know mm-hmm. and we think it's like that's what we need to get while what we're talking about here when we talk about white supremacy and we talk about the charge of race and we talk about how does this live in and through us this is these are not mental things these are these are somatic and um uh, emotional things that are, that are living in us. They're rooted, they're connected to our nervous systems. They're connected mm-hmm. to our trauma stories. It's connected to, um, the ways in which we are uh, understanding at, at levels that we don't typically turn our attention to
0: all of what you just said. And as and in response to all of what you just said, I feel like I have this really simplistic <laughs> example, um, coming out of one of my understanding whiteness programs where I think it was my third one or second one. I don't know where we had, I had more women who were facilitators and consultants in, mm. in that particular group. And speaking of understanding and not understanding just with our minds, but with our whole bodies is I had told, told the people in my group, like even disrupt what it means to show up every. Mm day to this. Like we have to have it together and have to have it on camera and we have to have our hairs in place and we have to be sitting with a nice background. And one woman showed up a few times, like laying in her bed in her, you know, PJs or track suit and something. And it just gotten done working out. And she said, you know, I feel so different in my whole body, just that I can show up here and sit in a different place and not have all that veneer of like professionalism, put together, she said, it's, it's wonderful. It's exciting. It's uncomfortable. It's weird. There's a whole part of my body and I can feel it not just in my mind, but in my body of like a relaxation, but also a nervousness that like, really, I can just show up to this kind of quasi professional thing unprofessionally air quote. Um, so, Mm -hmm. you know, just a simple example of how something just like that, that little tiny disruption, had a whole body experience for you know for her. And I think that's part of what we want to highlight today. Yeah, that's part of the under that's part of the understanding. The understanding. Right?
1: That's right. Because because the what we don't often recognize is the the forces that are acting on us, you know, mm-hmm. and that are that are creating. So when we when we experience somebody being quote unquote unprofessional in the in the in the professional world. Right. Um, what are we actually experiencing? Like, are we experiencing something that is objectively like there's an objective truth to it? Or is are we experiencing something that is related to a story and like the culture that we're in? And if and if if that's true, the chances of it being an objective truth are pretty slim, right? If we actually analyze it and we get into a conversation about like what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Eventually you get, we're going to get to, well, actually this is like a, a construct of, you know, which we could call a norm potentially, right? it is an, what is the, what is the purpose of that is to, to create a, um, to create conditions in which, you know, we're, we're, we're behaving in certain ways. And what are those, what are the, how are those serving us? What are they actually doing? What are the ways in which maybe they're not serving us? What are the ways in which they are causing harm? And yeah. that's the line of questioning we want to get into in, in a program like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, thinking of norms so often goes with, you know, defining what is normal, again, air quote, you know, and how that definition of what is normal and who who's deciding what is normal can be incredibly harmful um, yeah. because of what it asks people to be and not be. Um, in yeah. the spaces that they're in and the relationships that, that they're in. So, yeah, so that's one, one little tiny disruption example. What else would you like yeah. add in as we think about people coming in, which we've uh, described on our, the program page that the whole experience is designed to be a disruption and so what yeah. comes up for you when I say that Greg?
1: What 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 comes up for me is a lot of the times when people ask us about the programs we're doing and they'll say something like so um can I get a syllabus? Like can I see the can I see the outline of the course? Right. You know, can you and not just and actually it's it's funny cuz I say that as if like we invented this, right? Like we had this experience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ourselves when we were taking some programs with our our friends at holistic resistance the the first of which was the um the disrupting our whiteness program that our friends uh and teachers Jenny and dylan uh ran a few years ago they're still running them now and they were the they were on the podcast just
0: last week, last week couple a couple weeks. weeks
1: ago whenever 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 it was whenever this goes live i don't know exactly but um and uh yeah and i i think we both had the experience of like are we really going to check in for the first hour every week? Right. Is that what's going to happen in this group, you know? And it realized it, I think it was a 16 week program. And by week four or five, I was like, yep, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And, yeah. um, and found myself so incredibly grateful for the, the depth of the connections that were being developed in that space that couldn't have been developed if we had just gone right into some kind of agenda. Um, that was the agenda.
0: Right. And all the things that that made possible, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think about not only within the program, but, you know, our most of those relationships persist. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, don't always talk to everybody in our cohort all the time, you know, but I feel like I, you know, I bump into them on the interwebs, quite a few of mm-hmm. them. Also having that experience in my own nervous system of understanding in my body, what it felt like to know that we were going to check in. You know, mm-hmm. I could bring mm-hmm. myself wherever I was, what was, and also learning that part of the check-in process was I didn't have to know what I was going to say and mm-hmm. I didn't have to have it organized or make sense. Cause what I was, I say, I hear other people say when they're checking in or just in general, You know, it's like, am I, if I'm making any sense or, you know, if that's at all clear, it's kind of like, Uh who cares? And so what happened inside of me, especially as an introvert, when I had permission to just sort of babble. Yeah. So I had all sorts of nervous system experiences and that I got to have over and over again. So it sunk in and it was like, oh, (laughs) this is what this feels like. This is what a space feels like when there's room for Mm. this. This is what our quality of relating feels like. Mm. Mm. So there was ways in which I got to keep feeling it and to have, like, what if this were the norm? What if Mm. this were the norm And in more more of my life or more in my meetings Mm. or gatherings or a learning experience? Like here I was in a workshop or learning experience. So it was Mm -hmm. really important. Important to have that for nine weeks. I mean, if you think about it, nine weeks out of however many years, you know, you know, it's a drop in the bucket, but it was powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I'm what I'm curious about then is how have you taken that forward out into into your life, right? Because the 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 idea behind this program is it's very specific to folks who are holding a controlling space. So um, how have you taken what what you got there? into your life? And then how do you see folks taking what we're going to be doing in the program into their lives?
0: I'm so glad you're asking that because I know from our winter workshop series, we did four workshops earlier this year in 2023. And that was some of the like, well, how do I apply this? Or where's the checklist? Or, you know, tell me now what? And there isn't one in any specific way. So I'm glad you're asking the question. I mean, I think some of that experience moved forward into supporting check-ins in the processes that in the workshops that you and I do and not for an hour but 15 20 minutes and normalizing for people that it would feel weird but that while we were going to be in our workshop series that's what we were going to do to get present and get connected and appreciate the complexity that was happening under the surface of our lives and and Uh, trust that that was an important part of why we were meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's usually not true in our meetings and not in a team building woo woo sort of way, but in a, this is a very relevant, let's get connected because it will support what we're doing together. So I think Mm -hmm. that felt experience helped me create space for others and perhaps be convincing and the importance of this. So I think that's one way. I feel like I have another thought formulating, but I'll I'll stop there and see. I mean, I'll ask the question back to you, Greg, because you were a part of it. And so how have you seen or experienced that shaping how you
1: work? I, I think I appreciate all that. I think the what I would add is the way the experience of being in that kind of space, asking these kinds of questions, right? Because so- the program itself is not really content driven. Mm You can say it's like, it's question driven, it's inquiry driven. And being in those kinds of questions changed for me, an internal experience of what I'm paying attention to in myself, what I'm paying attention Mm. to around me. It changed in a lot of ways. It's changing. I should say, I shouldn't say it changed. Like it was like a thing that (laughs) happened and it's like, and and then it's (laughs) done. I'm like still in the, Process. I probably will be for the rest of my life of being kind of metamorphosized into, (laughs) um, somebody who, who's, who, who shows up just uh, differently than I, than I did. Um, you know, um, I, I feel like the, the capacities, the inner capacities are greater, the capacity to, to be in the charges that emerge and like, not just the charge of race, but the just charges in general of like, of conflict, of, um, of the tensions that can, that emerge when we get groups of people together and ask them to do things, (laughs) you know, yeah, which is what, I mean, That's what really, cause it's at the bottom, the the bottom line is ultimately at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're doing, right. As facilitators is we're, we're supporting a group of human beings in a room. And when you do that, when you have a group of people in a room, things happen and some of those things are hard. And, and so I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways it, it, it supported me in showing up in ways that are more I, the only word that's coming to mind. I hate so much, but I'm just going to say it, but I'm going to put a little asterisk next to it, which is like, does, there's a better word. I just can't think of it is, is useful. Like there's something about the, there's something about the, the capacities that have been developing over, over mm-hmm. the years since, since starting working in this particular way, which is a very emergent, much more, much, you know, seemingly less structured um, way of um, engaging in learning because it, it engages in learning, not just at the at the mind level.
0: Yeah. I so appreciate a couple things you said about paying attention to what's happening inside of you and around you in a different way um, and having the capacity mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. be present with what emerges. And it just strikes me as we we seek so often at least a lot of facilitators and you know consultants and we talk about you know emergence and and you know being adaptable and I think we come at that with our heads so much when it is so much more presence and what does it mean to have presence and what does it mean to Mm -hmm. be paying attention to more than what's happening in your head so just Mm -hmm. yeah I was struck by you saying I'm able to pay more attention to what's inside of me and then what's happening around me in kind of a different, a different way or at a different level that's supporting, supporting you and your supporting of people.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and you know, and so, and so in that learning experience, and this is what we try to cultivate in this, in these programs is being in a group of people who are on a similar trajectory of learning, who Get it when you screw up, who understand when you step in it, you know, and that in the way that that shows up in in like so for example, in the episode we did with Jenny and Dylan, we did a story question, right? We did this kind of like right, you know this this um scenario to play out to actually put yourself in this in the question and to get out of your head a little bit and actually feel into it being in a in a cohort like this, being in a story question you know gives you op- gives one the opportunity to practice b- practice you know what would you say what would you do how would you how would you operate and try to get a little bit of muscle memory around there but also to practice noticing oh i try really hard to look a certain way here mm-hmm. i i put on a mask when this kind of tension emerges for me i begin to yeah i begin to uh what's the word posture a little bit you know in in, in, in this kind of a dynamic, you know, and to actually do that in a group of people who were like either. Yeah, me too. You know, or right. like, hey, don't worry. like, it's okay. We get it. You're human. You're learning. We're all learning here. Um, we're, we're actually addressing things. Cause we are, you know, we're not just talking about facilitation. Obviously we are talking about facilitation within the context of the charge of race emerging, which for white bodied folks, if you, you know, are one, you might be like that scares the living hell out of me. I know it, It does me. So,
0: yeah, same. I think what you described there is a good example. If you look on our program page, you know, we talk about emotional defenses, you know, as something that we encounter or our trauma story and like how we develop the ability to slow down and notice what's moving in us. And so it helps us know, like, what is our emotional defense? You know, I'm going to look really good, or I'm going to solve the day or, you know, solve the whole problem and save the day. And, you know, how that begins to connect into, you know, our own pattern of wounding or trauma story, you know, how our own specific white fragility and begins to manifest in our own positionality, which is another topic, like within my white, cisgendered, you know, middle aged woman body. And so, you know, you just gave a great snippet of how, you know, that mm. plays out as we consider in this program, you know, story questions. And you said that the learning happens through questions and it happens through noticing. And I think it happens through being lost a lot, <laughs> you know, in terms of meeting a question that you, you ask it and you just are like, I've never thought about that. Ever,
1: right? Yeah, uh,
0: and so you know, as white-bodied folks, there's a lot we haven't had to think about ever. Uh, right. Yeah. So yeah, bump into a lot of that, and then that makes that makes things. It makes it possible to disrupt your practice. But I don't think in the ways mm-hmm. that people think. Right? It's not like in a checklisty sort of way, but it is disruptive. It is really disruptive.
1: Yeah, it's. It is. I think it begins to point us to the the importance of of how we are showing up not just what we're showing up with you know the the school the skills the the tools of the trade that we use the all of these these great methodologies that we you know probably you know there's there's some that we've done people have done a deep dive in and you're certified in and they're and they're great they're great they're great they're fantastic and they're they're useful and and your clients get a lot of benefit from them um but what happens when you actually start getting into the question of like how who maybe is actually not served by this? And how can I actually um approach my work in a way that really tries to address the the reality that um we don't we're not all on we're not on, on on a loving level playing field here. Right. You know? And you know, the idea, like I was, we were talking about like a little piece that I just kind of started writing last week about that starts with the the idea of getting every voice in the room. Like, what a great idea, (laughs) you know, like, like, it's a fantastic idea. And I think, and I think, I think most people who are facilitating or training or managing leading teams or whatnot, at some point in time, come across the idea, like maybe it doesn't, occurred like it didn't to me like right away it's like it took me a while that oh yeah right of course not everybody feels comfortable you know it's like yes it would be good to make sure everybody's voice is in the room that's fantastic and so there's so many methodologies out there there's all these you know we can go through different trainings we can go use different techniques we can buy books there's all kinds of stuff that we can do but 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 very very little of it addresses the reality that it's not safe for everybody to speak right that it's not that it's not that, that just because somebody has their voice, their voice is spoken into the room that it's going to land and be heard, be taken seriously or not be taken as a threat or some kind of like, you know, some kind of um, the word that's coming to mind now is disruption to what's happening in a different kind of way than what we're describing here. It's like there's a way in which our these ideas that that they seem like on paper, they seem like a great idea and just like it just just be should be deployed. same with the idea of like, well, look, you know, we want everybody to just be real at work, like just be authentic. It's great. Just be authentic. It's like, okay, that works great for a lot of us, but it doesn't work great for everybody because, and and the reason we know this is because we have had conversations with people who said, yeah, I tried that, you know, and it didn't go well for me. yeah, Right. And, and that's, that's largely people of color. And so, and not, and it's not just people of color, right? It's also, there's also, Um, all kinds of, kinds of ways that this shows up for LGBTQ folks and for, you know, for others as well. So it's a, you know, these, these ideas that we have of, of the, the technique or the philosophy or the, you know, the the approach that we want to use as being kind of a benevolent, neutral thing, it's, it's just not accurate, you know? No. And so how do we actually develop what we need to develop in order to be I'm able to navigate all of that in the room.
0: Yeah. I mean, in in the room, I was also thinking of, you know, before the room when you were describing tools, I mean, even to know to ask myself questions of like, who does this tool harm, erase, overlook? Um, you know, has this tool been created by extracting knowledge and uh, experience from other people? So I even, you know, I think of that, what are the norms? I think a lot of team tools that define, you know, safety and openness and, you know, just standard, standard air quote, you know, things that are defined as being desirable um, like problem solving and accountability. It's like, well, there's a million ways to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, but in terms of being in the room, I hope, you know, an intention of this program you know, as you and I learned with Jenny and Dylan and disrupting whiteness. And then again, in the facilitator facilitator training with holistic resistance with Aaron and Portia, um, it's just when things do happen in, in the room, there's like just a much broader, deeper sense of what's happening within myself and what am I paying attention to? And so back to this idea of noticing, um, and I was just in an engagement where, um, there was a, you know big tall black man who had emphatically said something in one session to a whole group of people and it it was just emphatic in my mind um but i remember being aware of of him and watching other people in the group and how he was being responded to and it seemed it just felt important for me to pay attention to and how i responded to his being emphatic you know to thank him for bringing his energy in and um you know, watching for relationship between us as a white woman and a black man. And and then that we broke for, uh, we took a break and we came back. And afterwards, it was more or less the same group of people. And he apologized to the group mm-hmm. for being emphatic and, you know, hoping he didn't step on anybody's toes. and he, But he really wanted to speak his truth. And so I just remember as he was doing that I was like wow I wonder you know if he's feeling if it felt risky now that he was going to be mm-hmm. you know somehow people didn't mm-hmm. feel safe mm-hmm. or you know I just was one I was like huh I wonder what well, I wonder what's motivating him right now to apologize to this group of mm-hmm. folks who are largely mm-hmm. white folks you know and was he centering white comfort and trying to take care of himself you know and minimize the mm-hmm. risk mm-hmm of how he was being perceived, and I wouldn't have had any of those thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I wasn't sure quite how to respond to him either, um, Mm -hmm. except again, to thank him for being emphatic, and, you know, for being honest with us about where he was, and Mm -hmm. I kind of left it at that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and asked if there was anything else he felt like he needed, you know, but I don't, so all of those things, not to say that any of those things were the right things, or the best things, but more just to highlight all the things that I was noticing within myself and possibly for him. And then watching the group, I just my my field of awareness around things that are race related feels deeper, broader, Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. at the top of the surface. I know there's so much more, but, you know, as a part of this program, it's like noticing all that and feeling all that and being able to stay grounded fairly well, you know, within Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I don't know how to wrap that or bring that thought to a close, but just what can you expect from the program is talking about all those things and then being able to take that into your practice and, and yeah, think about it as you enter into a facilitation that's going to be involving people of all kinds.
1: Yes. You know,
0: what does that mean?
1: Yeah. And we, and so one thing we haven't said, it's funny, we've mentioned Jenny and Dylan and Aaron um, a couple of times, and we haven't mentioned the fact that we've actually invited them to, to support this program and actually come in and um, have some, some sessions. So we're gonna have a few sessions that are facilitated by co-facilitators. We're, we're hoping um, both Jenny Pearl and Dylan Wilder Quinn can join us, but it may just be Jenny um, for, for a couple of reasons, but um, we're definitely hoping both of them can join us for a session um, Aaron is planning on joining us for a session for sure. That's confirmed, and um, and then we're also going to have another friend who was our very first guest on this podcast, um, way back in like November, December. Right, Adam Slade, who uh, is is a a fantastic educator and activist and researcher and just overall great
0: amazing human guy, being. Yeah,
1: great human, and um, brings a lot in, and so we've got a bunch of folks here who were coming in and, you know, and Adam and and Aaron, their positionality, right. Is as a, um, as black men uh, coming in with very different experiences, you know, coming from different backgrounds and um, even some different holdings of some of this material. I think you get a different, get some slightly different perspectives, but their job is not, it's not about uh, just being there to present and being there to kind of like um, share the black experience or whatever. It's really to engage in the conversations and the questions with us. Um, it's one of the things I love about working with Aaron and, you know, we've done this, done this a number of times with him before and he, the, the depth and the richness that always comes in, um, is, is remarkable. So, um, that's another, you know, thing to expect is an opportunity to learn from these folks who are just amazing amazing teachers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Glad you mentioned them. Let's see what else feels important to say. I'm noticing our runtime here, Greg, in terms of people are thinking about the program and what we're trying to disrupt and what the program is and is not. And
1: I would say one thing I would just say is for those that are interested in taking it a little bit deeper, we've got a couple of different other, a couple of other options for folks. So you can, you can do the program, but you can also, um, there's a, uh, a package, I guess you could say, where you can get some coaching sessions with Shannon and I um, before, like during or after the, um, the program. And then we have another package that you get some consulting hours. If you've got something going on in your workplace and, or in uh, a project that you're working on and you want some, um, some support and thinking through some things um, that are related to, to this work. Um, we, we've got that option for you as well. And we're, yeah. we're super into to support folks in this kind of, this kind of, these kinds of conversations.
0: As I think in, maybe in, by way of closing, if we have folks that had taken our winter workshop series, just thinking about, well, how is this different? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a couple of things I would say a part of our workshops, which were also a two hour format and, were you know standalone. Some people took all four, and some people dropped in. Is the resounding thing was more time. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is you know nine weeks of being able to be in in this kind of community together. I think that would be the second thing I would highlight is the community cohort. You know, and what happens mm-hmm. when you're with a group of people uh, for nine weeks? And we, as a part of our program, will be you know, facilitating some connections in between. So you just have a chance to keep, you know, kind of percolating on all of this and building relationship. And, and that is a big part of it as well. So it's, it's really the, the go deeper, mm-hmm. I would say. And I, I would also say, I think you would probably agree, Greg, I've, from doing understanding whiteness, um, you know, I have a drop-in group that's has women that have been now three years, four years, almost three years of dropping in together. And my understanding whiteness sessions are very, are structured very similarly to this program and how much change people are experiencing within themselves and then carrying out into their work worlds. And it's not because I'm giving Mm -hmm. them worksheets, um, but because (laughs) we're showing up and feeling and talking and bumping into questions and, you know, role playing and yeah. and all of that. So really, building community that is trying to center those that are oppressed and marginalized, and thinking yeah. about the things we don't have to think about as white-bodied folks. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, just would yeah. say that. Yeah, too. if you're if you are somebody who went through, the, if you are somebody who went through the the one or more of the workshops, um, even if you went to all four of the workshops, I can't like overstate the value of not having the disruption of new people each time Mm -hmm. um, and just having the same group of people going for, for that period of time for nine weeks is a, uh, a powerful way to see the depths that can get unpacked. Um, I don't think, I think it'll feel very different than those workshops did. Uh, I'm confident of that. Um,
0: I do want to stop you there though and say like, I didn't think the new people were disruptions. (laughs)
1: No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not just talking to, about the, yeah. the people themselves. It's it's the way we structured it, and there's a, it was a different thing. It was a right? different it's, thing. Yeah. Like so, I, I facilitate a um. You know, I facilitate a monthly drop-in men's circle with my friend Jordan, and they're fantastic. But every time there's a different group of people because there's new men coming in. We're right. just completing our our six week training, and the the difference between the monthly and the six week is absolutely profound. The, the monthly is great. It's fantastic. It does what it, it's supposed to do, but the There is something to be said for those creating those closed containers that then go on a journey together over a period of time. It is, um, it's a pretty profound experience, I've found. And the, you know, the community piece that you're talking about is such a part of the disruption, right? Because our tendency is to, our default, right, is to do it on our own, to work on it on our own. Maybe we join a book group, but. What do we do when we do it when we join a book group is we tend to talk about the book, (laughs) right? which is an intellectual exercise. It's a great thing to do. I've been part of book groups. I love them, but, um, it's a different sort of thing. And so I think that there's a, the, the value of joining this sort of thing and then the potential for ongoing, whether it be in the, the, the dropping, you know, the group that you have or I've got a, a group as well. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's all kinds of, of, possibilities for being able to maintain connections there. So yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So hope to see you there. Maybe at one of our free workshops, check out the program page. You'll see our list of topics. Um, please note that is not an order or a sequence or a promise. <laughs> but a menu of really important things that we are going to be exploring and bumping into and feeling into and and uh, yeah trusting that that being with being with that stuff more than with just our heads and with each other and over time will will take you somewhere disruptive and lead yes. to a different kind of practice
1: um, yes, very much. And so, yeah. So thank you for listening to our commercial and
0: <laughs> uh, uh, so let us know I sure we- hope it doesn't feel that way, but yes. Okay. Maybe just, it felt that way to you,
1: Greg. <laughs> commercials don't have to be bad. They don't have to be bad. Uh, true. You know? But, you know, I hope you, you know, yeah. If you have any questions <laughs> or, um, you know, want any more information, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, the, our emails are changing a little bit, so you can connect to Shannon at Shannon at connectionworks.com. You can reach me at Greg at gregorybflynn.com. And we'd be happy to hop on a call. There's a link on our, on the program site for you to schedule a call with one of us, if you would like uh, to get more information. And um, I think that's about it.
0: I think that's it. Cool. There we go. Fun to talk about that. Thanks everybody for listening to us. Try and put words to something that, sometimes evades us. We either put way too many words to it on our program page that goes on forever or we write four lines and people are like, what's that? <laughs> so I hope this there you go. helps.
1: <laughs> hope, yeah, yeah, exactly. Long page <laughs> and then four, 40 minutes of podcast. Exactly. Um, yeah, let us know. Hope you can join us and otherwise uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Shannon. Bye. Bye.